Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm not too bad. How's my technical quality this morning? I think you sound good to me. How does mine sound? Good. It's not poppy. Sometimes you pop. Yeah, I probably need a new phone. I think Apple makes their phones so that we have to get new phones periodically. Well, I'm okay with that. Every time a new phone comes out, something exciting is different about it. So I think I might need a new phone too. Yeah. Well, maybe our recordings will sound just a little edgier then. We're old school. We're the definition of old school. I know we are. So here we are in a whole different uh, podcast than our normal Starcasm Sisters, where we explore many facets of life, or at least we hope to in the future. Excited about season two coming out soon. I know we have, we're going to have some interviews on, um, for sarcasm sisters that I think is going to, um, be so interesting for, for us to do as well as our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And also any listeners that have, um, ideas for sarcasm sisters or this podcast, should uh, feel free to reach out to us because we love ideas. And I will create a Facebook page for this one. So the name of this podcast is This Caregiver Life. And we decided to branch off into This Caregiver Life so we could channel our caregiver issues, concerns, topics, interviews with caregivers on on this podcast instead of um, sort of pushing us into the corner on sarcasm sister on just uh, caregiver issues. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is while that's certainly a significant part of our life, it isn't our entire life. And um, we always encourage other caregivers to uh, keep themselves a whole person. And I think the initiative of splitting apart the podcast for us personally is just walking the walk. Exactly. But like anything, it's like, um, being a spouse, we know we're not just one thing. We are multidimensional. So I, I like that we can corral this in this corner and, um, sarcasm sisters is, is broader for us. And as is our audience. So we're excited for this new adventure as always. And the name is inspired, I believe by the NPR production, this American life. Yes, because I like This American Life, and we can't have that title. <laughs> <laughs> Although you, well, you really can't copyright titles, but you can't have a podcast with a duplicate title. So, <laughs> Yeah, we want to stand alone. And This Caregiver Life, I, I, I feel like this title fits what we're aiming at with what our objective, objectives are for this podcast, which is the broad scope of caregiving, it's not just military veteran caregivers, which is uh, what we currently are, but you and I have both been um, caregivers in 
sort of different lanes, not military veteran related. And they're very, for very different reasons. Um, and I, I think across the, the board, we see military uh, caregivers from all walks of life. And I think that'll be an interesting topic to cover. I do too. And as you just mentioned, one of the things when I became a caregiver and I felt like I was alone for a really long time, but I've come to realize that there are many different kinds of caregivers that I, in fact, was a caregiver before uh, my brother was wounded in Iraq. I had been a caregiver um, for him as a child, taking him in and becoming his guardian. I've been a caregiver for my aging grandmother. And I, when I went back into the workforce, I realized I was surrounded by caregivers of all types of, of elderly parents, of kids with um, special abilities. And, and so those people actually help, help me with resources and encouragement as much as other military caregivers. So it's, um, this should be a really exciting offering. And I, I think the, um, when I think about the Rosalind Carter Institute of Caregiving, you know, they, they, their platform is very wide as well. It is. And they have a huge impact on the caregivers that they work with. They offer some direct services, some coaching services to caregivers. And every, every caregiver I know that's engaged with them in that way has left, has become more enriched, has had uh, more personal stability, more motivation in their, in their own personal lives. Yes. And I wonder if we could um, at some point reach out to um, one of the staff members. Carter Institute for Caregiving and see if they would come on and do a, an interview with us for this podcast. I think that would be fantastic. So one of the things that we were going to talk about today is the, the airport. Is it Chicago O'Hare Airport, correct? It is. And what they have done to help serve uh, the physically disabled people in general. Do you want to, you want to give us an overview of that? Yes. So um, like a lot of cities, Chicago has a committee on accessibility. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that um, city entities, local entities, governments are, are looking at ways that they can make their cities um, accessible and friendly to all types of people. And I experienced this in, in Bloomington, Indiana, which has an accessibility committee, and they have had for years. And some of the things that have come out of Bloomington are an app where um, local citizens can report sidewalks uh, that, ha- that are in disrepair, or they can report businesses that maybe don't quite fit with the um, ADA accl- uh, compliance. And um, in a gentle way, the committee will go and visit and, and talk to the business if the business doesn't have funds available. Uh, the city will work with them to help find those funds. And it's just been transformative and amazing. Every year they hold a, uh, a banquet in Bloomington, Indiana, to celebrate local businesses and individuals that are making strides to help uh, improve accessibility. And so Chicago, um, Illinois, also has a committee like this. And out of that committee came a new bathroom in Terminal 2 at the Chicago O'Hare International Airport. It's actually the first of its kind in its country, sort of surprises me, that um, is really all accessible. Um, They're calling it the Changing Places Restroom. Love it because it's not just about toileting. 
Um, but it's for travelers that um, either you have a disability themselves or are traveling with someone who has impaired abilities. Um, the bathroom is 110 square feet, which is huge. And as you know from traveling with a large wheelchair and all the equipment and the service dog, um, you need a little bit more space than even sometimes the family restroom can provide. So 110 square feet. Inside of this bathroom, there is a, a lift system, a changing table that is um, strong enough for adults. Um, there's also roll-in, roll-out transfer shower, um, accessible sink. So it really addresses all of the issues that you need when you're traveling with someone uh, that, that has a disability and needs um, toileting assistance. Did I see in the article that you shared, was, did I see that there's a Hoyer lift as well or a ceiling lift? Um, yeah, you did see that. It's above the, um, the adult rated uh, changing table, which I want to add. This is, uh, uh, many people know that Congress, um, that Senator Tammy Duckworth represents the state of Illinois. She's also a, uh, a wounded veteran. She is an amputee and a new mom. And this bathroom is not only accessible for her, for her personal toileting needs, but she could actually use this changing table for her own baby too, all in one place. I love it. But yes, um, there's the, this, this is a modernized changing table. So it has an adjustable height on it. Um, it's a, it's motorized and, um, the, the patient lift is above it, um, so that you can, um, easily transfer your, uh, care recipient to the changing table. And then, um, there's also transfer shower. It's, I mean, it's just absolutely remarkable. That's a, that's an incredible um, asset to, for our seriously disabled people traveling through um, an airport, any airport, but especially, I guess, Chicago or here, like, it's such a big airport. You know, I wonder how many millions of people go through that airport. And then, and then I also wonder how many people do not travel because there is not that accessibility for them in other airports. Well, it's a brilliant solution. Um, oftentimes when you're traveling with someone who has a disability, you look for that direct flight. And often the direct flight, if you want to travel, then limits your destination. And Chicago is one of the largest airports in the world. And there's nowhere you can't go from Chicago O'Hare. So I feel like this opens up a world of possibilities because while you might um, not need to do toileting um, on an airplane, and, and, I, and quite frankly, I think we may never see airplanes with, with accessible bathrooms for someone that's in a wheelchair and needs 100% assistance. But if you can get, if you can have that stopover where you know there is a bathroom and you can take care of the issues um, and then get on another flight, I think it's amazing. And so I just want to ask you, from your point of view, um, for someone with a, a severe disability, could you explain to our audience who maybe doesn't quite understand, what is the impact of not being able to keep that person clean and toileted, um, let's say, on an eight-hour travel day? What's the physical impact? For the, for the care recipient? Yes. Uh, I think that the care is you would choose not to travel if you mm -hmm. couldn't if you couldn't care for your care recipient properly because without especially the most basics being able to toilet um, there's there's a lot of humiliating problems that go with that like um, having having to use 
say female bathroom for for my care recipient since since that's my husband Mm -hmm. um and then he would he would have to use the female bathroom and i i would have to say you know say all kinds of things in that bathroom like oh excuse me i have to bring my husband in and you know he needs to use the toilet and you know he just wouldn't want to do it um Mm -hmm. have to keep them clean and they have to be able to you have to be able to clean them so you know your care recipient up or or they're liable to have infections in their skin Mm -hmm. they hold it so long that you get a bladder infection or a urinary tract infection or you know an impacted colon because you haven't been able to have a bowel movement you and they're trying to hold it in or they don't hold it in and then they have one and then they have that humiliation which is not something we currently experience um because you know, Tom is not at that point at this. And, and for our listeners, my husband is, um, has ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And mm-hmm. eventually all of his needs will be, need to be taken care of by me. His, all his toiling, he'll need assistance. So if you, if you are a person who cannot help yourself at all, um, regards to the needs of nature, you are either going to choose not to travel or you're going to put yourself at risk of infection. Yeah. And that health risk for someone who already has um, compromised um, immune system, it's oftentimes the, the benefit of the travel does not outweigh the risk of, of those health health uh, issues because they can be so severe. And then it limits the whole the whole ex- life experience people have because you have to stay home more, you can't you can't get out like you used to. It really narrows your existence. So it, it's really wonderful that they they did this. I wonder if there are other uh, airports across the country that are going to take on the same project. I would imagine this was not inexpensive to do. Um, no, uh, however. Uh, I think there are some, there are are currently not any, this is the only one in America. And I I do want to kind of point out that as far as countries goes, I've, I've traveled uh, 14, 15 different countries. We really do an amazing job here, not as well as some European countries, but we do a great job of providing uh, support for accessibility. And we are, I I mean, on, if I were going to grade it, I'd still give us a D minus, right? So mm-hmm. we're doing better than a lot of other countries, but we just have one. Um, and just to give you, um, I'm, I'm a, a resident of Florida, and just to give you some numbers, 7% of the population in Florida, the entire population, is either non-ambulatory or has self-care issues, self-care challenges. Wow. That's a huge number. And... Um, you know, by the time you get to the airport and you check in, you go through TSA, you check your bags, you do all those things. It may have been three three hours since you toileted. And even if you're going through Chicago, um, you may still have that window where you're putting your care recipient's health at risk. So I would personally love to see this in every American bathroom. It cannot possibly be that cost prohibitive. Um, and the what I would love for our listeners to do is to... Um, contact their legislators and ask them, ask them to champion some legislation that puts this, puts one of these in every mid or large size airport in the United States. 
That's, that would be truly amazing. And, and then maybe the realization for the airline industry, um, the special care of, of the power wheelchairs that needs to be had will be more realized. Like we don't, you, people fear, we fear flying with this power wheelchair. So it's great that um, O'Hare has this option, but if, if Tom's wheelchair comes off the airplane damaged, then, mm. then we've set ourselves back. Yes. In the independence mode. So maybe, uh, maybe that will piggyback onto, you know, these accessible bathrooms. Now we've had, um, uh, I've had some comments and some feedback, um, most of it from uh, care recipient caregivers and their care recipients were saying, uh, this is amazing. I'm going to write my um, legislature. And, and when I say that, it doesn't mean this does also could be a state initiative. You could write your state legislators and your governor and ask for this to be something that happens in your state. Um, I think people often you know, want to go right to the source. Our government is, is shut down federally, but um, states are still open and working, and it's a great time of year to start new initiatives. So write your state representatives. Um, ask them uh, for fully accessible um, bathrooms with adult changing tables um, and, and lifts so that you can travel. And we did get a, a comment. Uh, maybe it's uh, from a, we got a comment from a listener who said, well, what is the, is it better to try to find medical care at home than trying to fly to get that and not having a, not having bathrooms and what you need while you're um, in flight and at airports. Okay, so, well, one reason that you might apply is for medical care. However, um, what we're talking about is a quality of life for people with disabilities so that they can be active and fulfilled and be included in their families and, and enjoy and participate in whatever activities they want, wherever they want to. Um, that's the kind of country that we were, we are, that's how we were founded. Um, and that's what I want to see going forward is that we can make that possible for anybody that we keep their wheelchairs from getting broken. We provide them a place to stay clean and healthy with their, um, caregiver while they're on the road, um, that when they get there, they can easily use the sidewalks and parking, um, which I know we're going to talk about in another episode, but uh, I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox here a little bit, but man, if everybody campaign by writing some letters it would sure make a difference i agree if you've um experienced any of these problems let us know um, i'm gonna i'll set up that facebook page where people can make comments or uh send us links or send us messages so that they can um maybe they want to be interviewed on our show and share their experience i i think what my vision for this podcast is to find positive ways to change the obstacles that we face as caregivers. And the, the less obstacles we have, the better we're going to be at taking care of our care recipients. And this bathroom is one step in the right direction. I do want to give a shout out to um, Florida State, um, their Dope Campbell Stadium over in Tallahassee. Um, as you well know, the, the Seminoles have a, a huge football following and they use that stadium uh, not just for um, not just for football games, but for concerts and all kinds of activities. Um, and it uh, does have an adult 
a motorized changing table and is uh, quite large and accessible. I was able to see that bathroom in person. Um, so giving a little shout out there. Um, Orlando International Airport has an, a bathroom with the adult changing table. It doesn't have the lift, uh, but it's a good step in the right direction. And our, um, our neighbors to the north up in Canada, uh, many of their rest areas on their, um, on their interstate uh, actually have these. And I think that's so amazing and inspirational. And, and can't we be like that? I think we can be that way, don't you? I do. I think we I, can do it better. I feel so positive about the opportunity that we have in this country to make something like this happen. When I think of all the people, so I was just looking up the, um, trying to get a handle on how many people have ALS in America, and it's somewhere around the neighborhood of 19,000. So let's say 19 to 20,000 at any given time. And that's just the ALS community. Yeah. Never mind all the other, so many other ones, people who have had strokes who are not ambulatory anymore. Um, people who have had car accidents, spinal cord injuries, um, other forms of muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. Older children, uh, Older, teenagers yeah. and adolescents who've had um, birth defects or were born with congenital conditions. Um, I... I feel for their parents so much. There was some news uh, last year about Ashton Kutcher. He was not able to take his baby into the men's room because there was no changing table. And it spread like wildfire. There are now changing tables in men's restrooms everywhere. Well, good golly, what if Ashton Kutcher could get on this? (laughs) I know, right? We need, we need some champions for our cause. And, um, and so we're going to be on the lookout for people who have greater visibility than you and I do, who could be a voice for the disabled. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that we don't need these facilities for our family. But uh, I was reminded recently um, by a coworker who knew someone that had been in a horrible accident and has gone from being 100% physically able to now being confined in a wheelchair and needing 100% assistance for their, for their daily living. And it's a splash of cold water in the face because any of us could be put in this situation. Any day, we have no idea. That's right. Our days could end very differently than they started, that's for sure. Mm, that's right. So um, the more that I think that we can do for this, uh, this cause, the better. And uh, definitely going to share this with Uh, Senator Duckworth, always inspired by her, um, the way that she is able to put a face uh, and a body (laughs) to (laughs) some of these issues of being being um, a disabled veteran and amputee and and a new mom and really who travels a lot. And I think that she uh, she's helping raise awareness in a way that many can't. Um, And just also shout out to Chicago, who, you know, the city has so many issues to tackle. Um, but they found a committee and a way to make this one happen. And really like a quiet way. I didn't see a GoFundMe. I, I didn't, there was no special tax, right? <laughs> they, you know, they used funds that were there and, and made it happen. Airport facility projects are ongoing. Our airports are always growing. They're always modernizing. And this can be in any next plan for every airport. 
Well, I agree. And the, the Wilmington airport, which, you know, you've been to, it's the cutest little airport. Um, Love it. They're, they're having, um, they're going to have some revisions and renovations in the next couple of years. So I'm going to share this information with them and, and see if they'll do the same. They certainly have enough uh, floor space. And build it into the framework of the, you know, at when, when you're doing your remodeling in a couple of years, they've got plenty of time to add this in. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm going to shoot them a message about that and uh, get a link to the article that you shared and um, see if I can't get them to start thinking along those lines. You know, it's a tiny airport, but it doesn't mean that there are people coming through that who wouldn't greatly appreciate having access to a bathroom like that. Yes. And uh, one of the things that I've found traveling as much as I do is that the smaller the airport, the more accommodating they generally are with people, the nicer it is to interact and the easier it is to find someone to talk to about issues if you have them. Um, and so some, you know, that old ad- adage, start small, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a, it's start, start small. I also mm-hmm. just, I want to point out that these facilities, this, this accessible bathroom could also be used for someone who was injured uh, or became ill while they're waiting for emergency services to arrive. Instead of, you know, what you see now, people laid out in the middle of the terminal. Um, Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, this could be a place that could be utilized by um, airport airport, um, personnel who are seeing to people who are injured or ill. Well, that's a great idea. I always like to think of, okay, what added bonus could this idea have? Like if we're going to address the needs of community of a community, is there a secondary community that could also benefit that would make it more worthwhile? You know, value added. Value added is great. And that, and that's true in a lot of uh, situations that you can have that value added. So I like that. That's a, that's a really great way of thinking about it. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I was in sales for a long time. And so um, sometimes that definitely benefits my advocacy work. So tell us, um, before we conclude this podcast, um, who is it that you care for today? Oh, so um, today I care for my younger brother, James, who is, uh, was wounded in Iraq during a combat mission all the way back in 2005, um, January 25th, 2005. So we're just about to come up on his alive day as they're referred to. Um, and he's doing quite well. He did suffer a traumatic brain injury damage to his um, spine and he has some vision loss, hearing loss, post-traumatic stress and a whole host of other things. And has made great progress over the last 14 years to get to a place where he is, um, he's stable, still has a lot of uh, treatment therapies, um, supportive services that help him remain stable. And um, just absolutely one of the great blessings of my life to be able to help care for my brother. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, we thank both of you for your service because it was you can't have, you can't be in need of care as a military veteran and have a caregiver and not thank them as well. You both serve. I appreciate that. He he will say, well, I, I enlisted, but Jen got drafted. <laughs> <laughs>
That's true. You're sort of an unattended consequence for you, but, but a beautiful one. And, you know, very difficult journey that you were on. And uh, one day you can, you can be sort of, you're a, a speaker, a national speaker for the Wounded Warrior Project. And you often, this is what you do. You share your caregiving journey. You share the story of James and his injury. And so one of our podcasts, we'll just, we'll just turn it over to you uh, giving your talk. I would love that. Um, I often try to, I change my talk a little bit to incorporate things that I think the audience uh, might connect with. If I were speaking uh, to airport personnel, I would, I would add in uh, a story that our family um, has an experience that we had that was very unpleasant in an airport and involved toileting and some yelling on my part and uh, some, some passengers who rallied behind us and got, got us the, the accessible restroom uh, that we needed when we need, when we were having a crisis. Uh, but I would also share this opportunity to, to prevent that kind of thing from happening in the future. So other families don't have to experience what we went through, which is my motivation for sharing our story. I, I really hope that, um, talking about some of the worst times in my life uh, can help keep others from experiencing those on their own too. Or, or at least to not feel so alone. I yeah. think that's a, that's a big ticket for us is to not feel so alone. Caregiving can be very isolating depending on the, the stage that you're at with that, with your caregiving, whether you're new or even. In- no. <laughs> I, it, it, what it does is it blacks out. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll have to figure out how to edit that. <laughs> the, my conversation right now, I'll have to figure out how to edit that. Um, but anyway, well, I think I wanted to, I want to thank you for, um, including me in this caregiver life, which I think is going to be really useful to people in so many ways. And I know a lot of people that want to ask questions about caregiving and about uh, a life with someone who has disabilities and they don't know how, how to present that. So I hope that they will feel comfortable enough to ask us. Oh, great. I love that too. And I, I, um, we, we don't have to, uh, reveal who asked the questions if they want to maintain anonymity. We certainly can do that. Um, and, and ask us for different topics that we can explore um, throughout this series. We'll, we'll talk about some of our own caregiving issues. I'll do one of our podcasts. I'll focus on um, how, the how and why of ALS and the military and um, why it's connected or when it became connected. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure anybody really knows why, but, um, but we can have that conversation in a different podcast, but we certainly don't want it to be just focused on uh, the war-related injury or ALS itself, but more the challenges that we face as caregivers and, and how to overcome them or how to figure out what we can overcome but learn how to live with it. I think that's wonderful. And, and definitely for our listeners, uh, plan in the future to hear topics about uh all kinds of subjects, including caregiving for uh, children with special abilities and caregiving for the elderly in your life. Um, and also, we're going to, I think, include a lot of uh, talk about caring for ourselves. 
yes, we are self-care and healthcare um, issues that we've had and things to think about in the future. Those, those are all going to be good, rich topics for us to dive into. So exciting. Well, thank you for including me today, Mayor. Um, yeah. I look forward to, to being on this podcast with you. Great. Thanks for joining us. And um, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.